Hello and welcome to the Ski Racing Podcast with me, Ed Drake. Uh, ben is back and Marcel has um, graced us with his presence after an uh, untimely absence last time out. But uh, we're here to discuss uh, Mary Bell Corsero, which was a absolutely fantastic World Cup Finals. The hill looked great. I mean, it was proper spring sunshine. Yeah, it was epic. Schifrin sort of did it the wrong way around, didn't she? Speed races, epic. Tech races uh, could have gone a little bit better. Uh, and the usual suspects were out enforcing the tech on the men's side. But Kriegmeier, I don't know what he's been doing all season long, but all of a sudden he's decided that he wants to come and do a couple glories and then bugger off. Boys, what was your highlight of uh, the World Cup finals? Nice start. Quickly. I know what Kriegmeier did. He's definitely got some information from Elias from the from the track, you know, that no one else got. <laughs> so you reckon? <laughs> Either way, have you been? Is that why you weren't here last week? Because you were writing that. Well, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, let me let me have a look in my little joke cabinet. <laughs> it's empty. <laughs> so. I'm I'm leaving now. Bye, guys. <laughs> do Do you have a highlight, Marcel? Was it just Creek? Was Kriegmeier your actual highlight? No, he wasn't. Um, the sunshine and the nice slopes were actually my highlight. I thought that was fabulous. I can't wait for the World Champs next year. Uh, yeah, because that with piece, us being we, life. Yeah, we we do need somebody from somebody from Maribel Courchevel. We need a hookup because we need to get there, and we're far too poor as we don't make any money from this. <laughs> we need to go. <laughs> need start a Kickstarter. Yeah, uh, send the ski racing podcast to uh, World Champs 2023. Shall we do crowdfunding? <laughs> I think our listeners would be more than happy to. Uh, crowd, I do not that. think anyone will crowdfund. Shh, Marcel. Shh. Do you think they'll crowdfund us to stop doing it? How much money would it take us to stop doing the ski racing podcast? Maybe, maybe they can crowdfund to. Well, you just hinted yeah. that we don't make any money, so not a particularly high number. Whereas <laughs> if you made out that we were really rich from it, then we might have got away with it. But no, yeah, I'm rolling. Um, I'm rolling in my Bentley at the moment because I make so much money from the podcast. <laughs> That's um, more like it myself. Yeah, so right, I mean, yeah. Ed, we we probably had some nostalgic moments watching that, having raced a lot of the certainly a lot of the Maribel side of that valley. Uh, in British Championships over years past, I certainly uh, watched the uh, certainly the tech races coming down the stad and was reminiscing a lot about various times I fell over skiing down that piece. Um, but also, the snow is is so soft at this time of year. I mean, we did champs there when it was late March, early April, and it's always so soft there. So it will be really exciting to actually watch some races there in. February when the snow is actually hard all day rather than having to oh, we used to inspect in the dark at the British Championships to try and get the race out of the way before the snow melted yeah you I'm inspected really in the dark and you were skiing in the dark as well because of your boots right because <laughs> he was doing the second run at night nice no I just didn't finish the first run uh, <laughs> this is like a tactical a tactical DNF that's what they call it in Austria if you if all of your teammates have DNF the first run and you have like a, a bit behind. They came up to you when they were like obviously older and stuff. They were like, "You better f-ing DNF this race because we want to go home early." <laughs> yeah. I, I remember. I remember this. Uh, it was I used to ski race with a guy called uh, Jan Michael Kachowski. He uh, he was he was he was a decent speed skier. He's got the ugliest tuck you've ever seen, even worse than like Kroll's tuck. Um, but he was he's quite quick on the flats, and he um, followed that guy. <laughs> And he, it was his birthday and we'd all DNF'd bar one of our 
mates who was right at the back. I think he was like second last <laughs> on the first run. What's Everybody else was out. And Jan, Jan was like, right, we're going out tonight. So let's just go home. Let's, you know, Kenny, you know what to do. Don't do it. Don't finish. You don't need that on your fizz profile. Just and Kenny soldiered on, and Jan was absolutely livid, absolutely <laughs> livid with him for finishing. Uh, but yeah, no tactical DNF for him. But no, it was actually it was the piece that I thought was really cool. It did, you were right, Ben. Loads of uh, nostalgic moments watching that down at the uh, Maribel Stad. But I can't that track. I think it had some mixed reviews. A couple of people said that they thought the speed section, the speed side of things. Uh, wasn't quite quick enough loads of turns a bit too technical but i thought it was brilliant i love the jumps i th- love the flow i thought it was wicked they said they said that's been a brand new piece right yeah or they've like made it especially for world champs next year their jumps were huge you're right Marcel. they were they were massive so they might have said they might have been going as fast as they'd expected they're definitely going through the air a long way so you don't want to be going much faster with those jumps in there because they would be going there were, there were people doing like 45 plus meters on yeah, those speed jumps I hope they don't cut them down because, you know, sometimes they get a bit afraid when, when the downhills start jumping a long way. It's like, uh, that's part of downhill, just leave them. Make them a bit bigger for next year. That's why we <laughs> go out there a week earlier, just make a bit of like a nose and a jumps and stuff. <laughs> just be there with shovels. Spice it up a bit. A couple of icy turns, a couple of soft turns, a bit of noses on the jumps, just make it interesting. Yeah, I thought, I thought the speed track looked, looked really good, really fun. I, I'd be quite interested to see, again, with that harder snow, so I'll be interested to see what that looks like next year. Um, and yeah, head set up that Kickstarter or crowdfunder, whatever you'll do. Set it up, ASAP. Let's do it. Um, uh, so the women's, Michaela Schifrin, I think was probably definitely the talk of the town uh, in the downhill taking that win. Uh, Shea was second, Halen was third, pretty close, pretty tight. Uh, on the men's side, Kriegmeier, Odomat, one and two, Foyts and uh, Kilda, three and four. It was... It was pretty exciting, especially with the on the men's side with the downhill globe going right to the wire. It was yeah, it was epic. Yeah, sorry Ben, I've just seen your notes. You yeah, I have written down joint second, but I <laughs> unsurprisingly didn't read my own writing. Uh, joint second from Halen and uh, Cher, but yeah, no, I think it was super exciting from start to finish of that men's race and the women's race with Schifrin. I love how she just couldn't believe it just that sort of elation on her face because undoubtedly she's had by her standards. And I think that's probably what it is. It's by her standards, quite a tough season by anybody else's standards. She's had a great season in reality. Well, she had an outstanding season by any standards really. Right. I think she had more than, I think how many podiums, maybe like 12, something like that, which is, which is crazy. I mean, thinking about it, but then if if you, yeah, if you look at some of her other seasons, and she had like maybe the same amount of podiums, but they were all wins, and that's the difference, right? So she got like second and third quite a few times, but then I mean she still won like three or four races this year, and and had like more than ten podiums, which is something that not even a handful of people reach usually, like once in their career, and she's done it like over I don't know ten years, maybe not quite ten years, but pretty much. Yeah, but I think if you look at if you look at her social media and social media around Schifrin, it like you'd think that this season was a disappointment, which is just so far from the truth. I just, uh, what do you think? What do you think, Ben? Do you think see that? Yeah, I think it's the expectations she has, and probably the expectations we have of her because of that sustained excellence. You expect it of her every like every race she turns up at. You expect her to win or 
very narrowly come second and we saw that side of her this year where things were a struggle we said on multiple podcasts it looks like she's really fighting for the speed that she does have whereas previously everything looked like it came so naturally obviously the olympics was a a a kind of abomination it was you know we'd never seen her struggle like that before and that was just couldn't even get into the race let alone not have the speed to win it um so that was weird but then you turn around and ask marcel so if you look out the results she's had like you you're struggling to see where the problem is uh mm. it's, it's so it's 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 so strange for someone to have so many points in the overall and you think how, how why are we talking about them struggling at times this season but that's what it's it's been a, a really strange kind of season to watch from her perspective in terms of nothing seemed to come as easily as it normally does everything was a fight and a struggle but at the same time when it works she's she's still one of the quickest out there and that that speed race was was brilliant and I think we touched on it maybe a bit last weekend races where I think the best part of 20 people within a second of each other in that women's downhill like that is so close racing sometimes you you, we're used to seeing Schifrin be a second and a half in front of people on the podium let alone like a tenth of a second uh, uh, in front of second or joint second as it was so yeah it's, it's it's been a difficult season to kind of understand for her but it was really good to see her come back in speed at the end of the year and just say by the way guys next year and I'm you know back again it's going to be amazing to see what discipline she wants to focus on and where those medals are going to come from next year because you know she does have the world at her feet still and she can just pick and choose what she wants to do it's, it is astounding I think you're I think you absolutely hit it on the head there I think I think she's way too hard on herself but that expectation she's really I think in other seasons it doesn't feel like she carries the expectation of what other people think around with her I feel like she just other seasons she's gone about her business and got on with it and been flipping amazing as usual uh, and then this season I don't know sort of a bit of negativity from sort of external negativity seems like it's crept in because she always looks disappointed when she does like when she doesn't win and I guess other seasons you know when she's got a bit aggy at the media when they're like oh you know you were third today you know what happened sort of thing and she's been like I think that's really disrespectful to the other women in the competition and there's plenty of talented ski racers and all of this sort of stuff um, and sort of brushed it off and been really quick to sort of paddle it back to whoever's talked crap about it whereas this season I feel like I don't know her interviews and stuff. It all seems a bit doubt, like she's sort of letting it affect her, and she and she seems down quite a lot of the time in her interviews, which I've never seen from her before. Yeah, and as well, if you think previously, it was always kind of Vlahova was the one. If anyone was going to beat her, it was going to be Vlahova. Yeah. Whereas this year, Vlahova absolutely dominated in slalom, and until those last couple of races, Hector was dominating in GS, and, and Schifrin was almost kind of accumulating those occasional wins but seconds and thirds to mm. kind of ex- accelerate her in, in in the overall whereas previously if it was if it was a slalom or a gs you, you pencil her in for the win straight away and probably one of the other disciplines as well each weekend so i think having that kind of other people dominating the field in in other disciplines probably had a bit of an impact on it but there's no reason she should ever kind of doubt her own ability based on what what we've seen even even this weekend alone. You got you got anything to add, Mathis? No, I completely agree. I completely good. agree. Good, 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 great input. 
Well, I'm not getting paid, so I'm not going to talk much. <laughs> I mean, if you did get paid by the word, we'd all be okay. Uh, on, the, <laughs> on, the, on the Super G, on the Super G, let's let's crack through these. Uh, Kriegmar was back on form of the men. Odomat uh, second. Caveats on Mr. Genos GS has been threatening for a little while, hasn't he, to make that step up into right. Super G? Let me chip in here. All right, okay, go for it. I do, I do think that was like a proper numbers race. <laughs> I mean, it was literally like, except for Odomat, if you had a good bib, you would you would be quick. Basically, I mean, Gino Kavisli was skiing well. Kriegmeier was skiing. It's so funny with him this season. Like he was so aggressive, which I which I haven't seen him this year, the whole year. But he was so aggressive in those races. But then Odomat was obviously skiing well with bib number nine, and the rest was like basically bib from one to twenty five or whatever it was. It was a bit bit of a shame, but I guess next year at the World Champs it will be different with different conditions. Just with a bit harder, harder underfoot. Yeah, it was not. It was. It looked lovely, but it, I don't think it was lovely to ski. Ben, is that? Yeah, the only thing I was going to say, for, I guess, both the the kind of men's speed races is uh, what happened to Maya. It, I'm not used to seeing him perform badly in back to back days of events, and granted, the World Cup finals isn't. The Olympics, but normally it's a, you know, if it's a big, big game race, that's where you expect him to, to appear. And he, he had a, a, you know, by his standards, a, a bit of a shocker of a it weekend. Just, it just didn't seem that he can find the outside ski on those two races, really. He was very much on the inside on most of the turns and like leaning in too much. And on the other hand, you saw Kriegmeier, who was really pushing on the outside ski and like having the right setup for him, like in terms of like how he's moving and how he's moving forward and how he's moving inside. So I think Meyer just, I, I mean, he won his Olympic gold medal and I mean, I guess he's probably clocked off already. So I, but I do agree with you. It's, it's, it was just an interesting one. Cause he was in that first kind of block. Okay. Seven. Um, but to be best part of two seconds off by his standards in, in, in a super G normally, you know, it doesn't really matter if it's, it's if it's speed or, or technical for a super G normally yeah. you think he can find that blend. He's one of those people, especially on a, new new track i i would have probably said i'd you know hedge my bets in his direction because he's good at just finding that blend of of, of kind of speed and aggression but yeah just possibly that you know probably had to do more press than anyone in in austria off the back of that uh, yeah but like i mean you could you could Olympics. see it when he, when he was skiing like he was way too much on the inside he didn't have much pressure on the outside specifically with those conditions that's obviously deadly for the time and i remember in i think it was either the, the super Giro downhill where he was inside then got a bit chucked onto the outside like on like off the line and then he had to basically break and that's obviously going to cost like a huge amount of time in a super g so i guess if he does like a couple small adjustments he would have been maybe better but he just didn't look comfortable i don't think i mean and that's obviously he like you said he's probably done his work for the season and pretty happy with it and i i can't remember and was he i don't think he was particularly close like kilda had already won the the globe and I don't think he was really in the running for the downhill one so probably not as much to, to ski for as, as normally he has at this time of the season he's normally in the mix for one or both of those globes well he, I think he was 88 points behind before the final in the downhill um, yeah so that you're sort of you're you're really relying on and you're not second either you're really re, re, 
relying. Well, you got to win and everyone else, like, they, they can't yeah. score any points, basically, which is, like, fairly unrealistic. I yeah, guess. I mean, we heard it with Vlahova, didn't we, at the end? I mean, right, those tech races before the slalom, she was talking, her interview after inspection was saying, you know, the season's sort of done. Uh, it was really hard to get motivated to to sort of do these last couple when all my goals have been ticked and slalom was wrapped up and GS, what was she, she was like 91 points behind or whatever. Yeah. Um, and she was like fourth as well. So it's not like 91 points and in second. So if she, one person doesn't finish, she's going to take, she could take it. It was like, you're relying on three people to bugger it. So she, I think, I, I think you're probably right, Marcel. I think it's that, you know, end of a long season, COVID season, Olympic season, one last couple of races and you you sort of juiced and nothing to fight for maybe see again things we've never had to worry about having met all of your like career or season goals before the end of the season but right if i don't score in the last couple of races getting kicked off uh on the on the women's side mo Winkle finished off her season really really well didn't she really strong Schifrin again on the podium in second michelle gissin i mean I don't know how she skis four disciplines all year. Like a boss. Yeah, and really good at all of them. I think it's one of those where, you know, you talk about how exhausting a season is for for just a set of tech athletes or just speed athletes. And then to be doing not only three, but four. I mean, Kilda couldn't even manage three this year. <laughs> and you wanted to focus in on two. And you've got somebody like Gissin just peppering shots at all disciplines. And she threw COVID into the mix this year as well and, and still did all four disciplines. It's with, ridiculous. A, with a smile on her face as well. Yeah, and it shows it is, it is possible. Obviously, the workload is is tremendous. And if she'd started to pick up injuries or her form had suffered, you probably might have seen her sit out a couple of races in a couple of disciplines uh, had, had she felt the need to. But yeah, she seems full of energy at the moment. And like you said, the skiing's brilliant. And, and again, it was another really close one. I think the top 10 were all in a, in a second in the women's Super G. But Brilliant for Mo Winkle because she's been out for so long injured and she's kind of shown flashes of it in the last year since she came back, but really hasn't quite looked confident. Whereas I think the last few races, she's really started to look more like her old self again because she was really coming into some form before she got injured. So it's really good now to see her back in that in that kind of race winning form. We saw the speed in the, in the GS as well, which was which was great to see. So it's kind of one of those good things to kind of leave you ready for next year to throw another name into the mix for, for who can win these women's races. And that's what you want. You want kind of competition at that highest level across all disciplines, you know, as brilliant as it is to watch Schifrin uh, and Vlahova dominate when they do and, and Cooper Army and, um, and Goji are doing their thing in the speed side. But it, the more people you can throw into that mix each weekend, it makes our picks even harder. Um, <laughs> not, that, not that they're any good at them already. It makes them even harder than, than they already are. Um, but yeah, the more people that can win races, the better. Um, conversely, with that argument for Michelle Gissin doing four disciplines, could you argue that if she did two disciplines, she'd be a, a, a regular World Cup winner rather than winning the odd one here or there? Marcel, do you think that's, a, that's an yeah, argument? Which one would she do? <laughs> I don't know, but I'm just, I'm just asking as an argument. We're talking about how good it I is. That she's, I, she's actually, I actually think she probably likes it. You know, some people, they need the races. They like They love to race and they don't particularly want to train that much so she might be one of those people um i think it's it's tricky if you focus on like let's say one discipline because you only have 10 races and you like maybe 
get into the habit of not doing well in the first couple of races and then you really then you really buggered because you don't have anything else and i feel it's like quite nice to do a slalom and then do something else and i mean she's i think she's she's doing really well and i to be fair like her being a constant winner i, I mean it's it's really hard because there's so many like Schifrin Blahova in in giant slalom and, and Hector in giant slalom and Tessa in giant slalom. Like there are so many people who are like very specific and some, obviously some people like Blahova and Schifrin live and everything, but it, I think it's just really hard competition. I don't think she would do any better. Yeah. I thought it's interesting if, if, if focusing in may be the difference between her picking up odd podiums to picking up regular podiums. Yeah. I guess you'd have to say if she focused on speed, would she be quicker than Godia? And if she focused on tech, would she be quicker than Schifrin and Vlahova? Like that, that's such a, you have to get so good if you're only focusing on those. What would probably fall in the middle is if she kind of did a bit what Odomat did until this season is do kind of super G and GS maybe. But even then, you know, the other people in that field are so good that you have, you would, she would have to, you know, I don't know how much gains you would need to find in in that those two disciplines to stop doing the others. Um, so yeah, I'm, to be honest, with you, I like I like the fact there's a four four discipline racer um, because it kind of brings back the the olden days of like Girardelli and people like that that you just used to enjoy them in all disciplines. Going, this this is awesome. Is there anybody else that you can think of that does four? Yeah, Schifrin. Schifrin occasionally, yeah. I mean, Shivering could do four very easily. Lahova does four. She she's not bedding downhill. She's yeah. This she's year she hasn't. Has she? This year she's. Oh, no, but last of... year she was she was decent. Yeah, because that was the goal, wasn't it? She talked about the goal being the overall. I guess maybe maybe you start the season doing four and then whistle it down if it's not going well. Go back into your focuses, maybe. I mean, I I think those are the three, the three ones that do all the disciplines. Certainly, no mending it. Is is there? No. Come on, Odomat, bust out those slalom skis quite funny wouldn't it that would be quite funny actually um gentlemen i think at this halfway stage it's probably uh time a bit painful for me but to talk about the predictions league uh so after a full season well let's not talk about us because we were useless collectively um but after a full seasons of picking trying to pick results jamie aldridge has retained his uh, title this year. Uh, Pete Davies came very, very close, uh, but just fell at the final hurdle. Dave Cheshire was fourth. Phoebe was uh, f- was fourth. Sorry, that was uh, David Cheshire was third, and uh, Sam was fifth. They will publish the um, the results on the social medias and stuff. But uh, yeah, those guys, Jamie, Jamie Aldridge. Aldridge. That's my old. That's my alias. Actually, I used that name this year. <laughs> <laughs> Ed, if you add it up mine yours and marcel's points would we have as many as jamie <laughs> we would have beaten him but not by very many <laughs> um i then... mean personally i blame marcel for refusing to submit any picks last week and by refusing i mean just didn't we didn't ask him to he just didn't send any through to the whatsapp group i think, I I think Mar- marcel was too busy at the horses putting some predictions in with uh, some bookies did that work um, it, any better? Yeah, it did actually. I, I got more money than I got from the podcast. That's for sure. <laughs> Not very difficult. That doesn't make that. Yeah, I was going to say that doesn't make you particularly successful at gambling either. Um, ben, you you were the best of the so-called experts. I realise actually the more 
the more we do this over the last three seasons, us being experts is is a hugely uh, inappropriate title. Uh, I'm almost positive I insisted yeah, you, on being I called call, a super fan at the start of this podcast. Yeah, I'm yeah. fairly sure that was my initial, before all of the other names came in, I'm fairly sure super fan was my original designation. I don't call myself an expert. I'm just the guy who randomly shows up at the podcast. You call yourself an expert all the time, mate. I'm not it's sure. Just I, you. I call you guys experts. On TV, you get called expert. Yeah, yeah. On, on television, I'm an expert. Behind the mic, <laughs> behind the mic on the podcast. That's even more. That's even more questionable than when you do the podcast. <laughs> I'm not letting you dive into this one, uh, Ben. You were the best of uh, of us with a 27th position, uh, and then uh, Marcel and I were considerably lower down. Uh, and shocking. when should I expect my uh, crystal globe, Marcel? Um, I, I I have to I have to look for it. I'm really sorry. I don't know where it is. I know I know exactly where it is, Marcel. We know it's on your shelf in prime position, <laughs> next to your, next to your World Cup medals. Um, yeah, but this isn't this is not like one that wanders around. It's not like a wonder trophy. It's something that sticks with you for life. Well, Ed's not buying another one, so it is one of those trophies. So I'm coming to get it. <laughs> I'll bring it. I'll bring it to the next Arsenal game. Okay. Deal. It's not a wonder trophy. I like it. Um, all right. Okay. So Jamie, yeah, Jamie, congratulations again. Uh, next year, somebody's going to get you. Uh, so um, me, the... or not? He could go for the hat trick. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's. I'm sure he will. But uh, that prize bundle, we'll sort that out. And we'll get you your crystal goblet, Mark Two, and uh, and all your powder hound and uh, marker vocal goodies. Back to the racing. Well, just if Jamie wants to just etch the new year on his existing one i'll have the new one and if marcel's not gonna uh, <laughs> marcel's not gonna uh, give up the old one uh okay gs on the gs picks on the women's side it was an absolute belter of a race uh, brinoni took the win Bassino second vlahova third warley fourth at uh, schifrin down in seventh um, on the women's side um, and the fact that the title was going down to the wire it was one of those proper exciting races every single person sort of seemed to play their part in the outcome and uh, it definitely dis- didn't disappoint did it Ben? I got a lot I got caught up in the nostalgia at the start of the podcast uh, you can probably guess what my highlight of the weekend was um, <laughs> it was it was the last 10 people of the second uh, run of the women's GS and going absolutely mental I've never screamed at so many women to ski out or slow down in my entire life uh, in the hopes that Tessa would hang on that first run um, obviously I know you were uh, working on uh, on the commentary both Tessa and obviously we'll have to uh, talk a little bit about what happened for, for Hector and, and how bad a knee was or wasn't, but how far off Tessa and Hector were. I was just like, oh, they've both blown it. They both just handed Schiffrin this globe after that first run. And don't get me wrong, Schiffrin skied brilliantly on that first run, but they, I think you said on commentary, Tessa looked nervous. It was very un-Tessa-like skiing. It was very kind of cautious and no risk-taking at all, which... You can't take too many risks when it's quite soft, but there was no risks being taken at all. And the gap it was like 1.6 or 7 or something. I was like, oh, my God. Uh, and then when Hector went down even slower, I think it was apparent then that just that, that knee wasn't in a fit state for racing and she was just doing whatever she could in the hope that she'd get some points, which is heartbreaking for her because we spent a lot of last week saying you 
that's not how you want a season to be decided. It would, it would almost have been better if she said, look, I'm, I'm out, I can't ski, but, you know, fair play to her for, for trying. Um, but it was clear she didn't have anything in that knee to put down the kind of power she did. Um, but then on the second run, I think I texted you straight after the race. I was like, what on earth was Schifrin doing? Um, we've just spent, you know, the beginning part of the podcast talking about how brilliant a season she's had. That was probably the most passive she skied all year. And I was like, you, you know, you still need to win uh, with the points as it stands. I'm fairly sure her team would have run through all of the um, permutations yeah, and said, look, you yeah. know, if Tessa's in fourth, you need to win. It was the thing at the it was, end. It, it was in her. It was in her own hands. Yeah, and um, we've seen her manage leads before, like big leads yeah. when she when she's had a big lead. It's just, I think she had eight tenths or something on on Brignoni. Like we've seen her manage those kind of ones where it's cut up quite a bit, so you can't go full gas. But she just manages then, that that margin to the bottom. But yeah. she didn't even do that. Like it just looked like she just skied down. Yeah, I mean, I was, section, I was so confused. There's sections in a tricky in tricky snow that you can still charge. There's seconds. The sections, sorry, that you can't, and you have to pick and choose when you take risks. But you still have to take some risks. You can't just ski top to top. Yeah, I was convinced um, that moment when uh, when Vlahova came down and pushed Wally down into fourth. I was like, well, that's it, because there's no way Schifrin's going to throw away. I couldn't see it happening. I really couldn't. Off, you know, Michaela Schifrin, yes, has struggled by her high standards at times when the pressure's really been on but I just didn't see it happening and the, the Brignoni didn't even lose any time on her run either she kind of pretty much held her advantage over Bassino the, the entire run so it wasn't like the course was causing people to lose time so I'll shut up and let Marcel talk in a second um, but the fact that it wasn't one of those races where just everyone was losing loads of time like Brignoni going down and, and taking the lead from Bassino showed that there was still plenty of speed out there and I just couldn't work out what was going on and I haven't seen much from Schifrin since then other than kind of congratulating uh, uh, Tessa and, and Brignoni on, on the win um, but yeah it was it was so strange I, I, I was just expecting her like you said it to just do what she normally does and win the race and take the glow. Is it my goal? <laughs> yes, sorry. I'll shut up. No, no, no. Um, <clears throat> I, do, I do tend to think that this was something that was quite... Well, it happened a couple of times this year when in the second run, when it's getting a bit rough and bumpy and stuff, that Schifrin didn't perform that well, which she usually did, did like in the back in like previous years. But ever since, like maybe for like two years, three years, she is struggling a bit more with that. While she could usually win the races easily, I think that's something she needs to probably work on moving into the next season. Um, I don't know what it is, but it, it could be a hundred things, confidence, whatever. But when she usually was leading back in the days, it sounds awful to say that, but she was definitely winning it. And now she, I think that's, that's one of the points where she struggles a bit. Um, so I guess, yeah, it, it came obviously as a surprise, but maybe not that much of a surprise if you look at her previous races that had like a similar setup. Mm. Yeah, I mean, this, I think if you looked at this season, you'd probably say that wasn't a surprise. But I think if you look at her career or even last season, you'd be like, that is a surprise. Yeah, but even even last season, like, and the season before, obviously she had like all the things going on and stuff. But I think it's more of, it's more of a thing now because five years ago if she would have been leading by eight tenths she would have won by like two seconds yeah 
and now it's like going a bit the other way but i'm sure she will figure it out again but it's definitely something that that was more common over the past couple of years than it was before i think um also the the hector the sarah hector knee injury was obviously obviously far worse than we thought i think you you probably said it pretty well there ben that uh she she was just fighting hoping against hope that she could find enough but that that hill is not one that you can really do a load of hiding on that stad is you know if, if any of you have skied on the stad down there it is really steep and it is decent it's a really decent pitch to the finish and that sort of barrelly part of the top like the terrain is really good there so it's not a place that you can go and hide it's not a i don't know a maribor or a I don't know something like that where where you can <laughs> you can hide you can hide when you've got an injury and she really couldn't I just felt so sorry for her watching those emotions that she was going through in the finish and I think I mean ultimately the person that wins over the season in all likelihood deserves it because they've obviously produced over a whole season long but I think in this instance it's one of those where you just couldn't help but feel like Sarah Hector was the best skier this season in Giant Slalom but she didn't walk away with the title. I'm not sure if that's fair. I can't, that's sort of where I think you know, I'll, I'll argue wholeheartedly that Tesla is the greatest GS gear of all time. Um, <laughs> but no, real, realistically, I think what we said last week was you you want it to be a fair fight in that last race. You know, it was quite close. You know, that's what you wanted. Like I wanted that to be like the shootout between those three. So all out full full power, whoever wins that last race take, takes the globe. That That's what we wanted. But yeah, like Hector this season has shown that she has got speed that we didn't realise she had. And, I, and I'm intrigued to see how she then deals with that pressure next year coming back. And hopefully if anything comes out about this injury, that, that you know, hopefully it's a fairly, you know, simple rest up and, and come back stronger next year. And there's no kind of like surgery or any of that kind of business going on. Um, she won the Olympic gold medal. I mean, that's also... Yeah, I think that's, yeah, that's a very true point. That, and she's had a you know and she like she still has had a very good year but to come right to the finals and have you know your body let you down rather than your skiing is must be must be heartbreaking um again not something i have to worry about it's just my skiing that let me down my body was fine <laughs> but no, i think you you're right marcel the um if you'd said to sarah hector that she would be second in the overall giant slalom standings and have an olympic gold like it's more of an interesting thought asking her what she would have wanted either the olympic gold medal or the second or the the overall yes i think you'd take the i think you'd take the the olympic gold any day i I would take it any day but obviously not either or myself both the answer to that question is always both (laughs) yeah of course it is but i mean and and maybe that's where the the kind of stuff with with shifting comes in in terms of our expectations for her so she's won the overall globe um for, for the women's this year but the main target would have been olympics probably yeah probably would have been the olympics so you've heard Vlahova say last year was all about the big globe and this year was all about concentrating on winning the slalom gold the the byproduct is then the small globe for slalom as well because she's focused so heavily on it but barely done a super g or downhill so i think it, it kind of all comes back around to there but i think again you know just back to that race in itself, the fact that, again, Bassino found a bit more form. She looks like the last two races, she's now got back to the a bit more like the form we saw uh, last season. Brignoni skiing, you know, brilliant. 
um, as well. Just it's just setting up for another brilliant year next year. Really was, really was. Um, anything else, Marcel, to add before we start talking about the tic tac with nope. the slalom? Uh, and then, yeah, slalom. Let's. Uh, I, know, I know that the women's slalom and GS were the other way around, but we'll go on to uh, slalom now. The men's slalom, McGrath, Atley McGrath, uh, was pretty epic on that second run. He took the win, Christofferson, a second, and Feller just about sneaking onto the. Uh, onto the podium there um and uh, on the women's side andreas schlokar managing to pick up her first proper win lena Durr was in second and vlahova was in third we didn't do the men's yeah uh, we missed the men's yes yeah rewind nah just keep on going keep we on. do that last okay we're just fine. fine the right. most important last is fine gents what do you think i know that we were talking about titles and stuff on the men's side a bit more but I was really pleased to see that. I, I thought that women's slalom was really, really good. I thought that Schlokar was was really good. Lena Durr, that sort of, you know, issued the new Wendy Holdner, not able to pick up a win. Uh, and then Vlahova, you know, just back on the podium again. That was Yeah, the, nice the, the thing with Lena is she's she's been leading a few races now going into the second run. So it's going to become almost a bigger story. Whereas Wendy's one is she's kind of missed there or thereabouts. Whereas the Lena Dua thing is going to start being a, are people beating her or is she choking? Is going to be the, the narrative, you know, that it's been a few times this year where she's done it. And if, you know, in the first couple slaloms next year, she's she's leading or she's leading at any point and, and doesn't win one at some point it's going to become the narrative and it doesn't look like she's doing anything different on the second it doesn't look like she's being massively tentative like there are mistakes but everyone's you know by then you're going down 30 it's hard to have a really clean run um but yeah like like you said um having a you know uh another a different winner uh, to to kind of take into account for future races is 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 brilliant. Um, you know, Vlahova just kind of underlining she's still there. Um, again, Schifrin, not really sure what was going on um, on on her side, but you know, it's it's great when there are other people to talk about besides the I guess the the two main. Look, she got a lot of airtime. She won two races this year. That's pretty impressive. Really impressive. I think that uh, that early season, you know, when she won the when she won that um, parallel, and she was like, "Oh, I know." It's even in her interview, she's like, "I know it's not a classic, uh, you know, it's not a, a, a proper event, and all this sort of stuff." And it's just like, "Oh, come on, just just enjoy." This it. was really, this was a proper event, two yeah, exactly. Couple. And then and then doing that, and she won in like proper style. That wasn't gifted to her by somebody leading and like making a huge mistake where a couple of people had issues and she, you know, was the only person that didn't have issues. She thoroughly deserved that win. Her slalom skiing has been really good and just put it down, managed to start putting it down in two runs. What a great, what a great um, style to finish off the season, right? I mean, she smashed it. She was so much further ahead than anyone else. Good for her. He is. And, you know, there's, uh, a Bucic as well from Slovenia as well you know we, we talk a lot about the how good it must be in certain teams at certain times and you know that 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 tech team uh, as will be quite fun to be around as well it's always good when you see a few people from the same nation that start putting in those kind of good kind of results it, it just means they're going to keep driving each other on to better and better things talk about that kind of men's Norwegian 
kind of tech team one speed team for that matter but um you know those little kind of groups of races and into the smaller nations it, it doesn't need to be a lot of you it just needs to be someone there to push you along and and, and you know slow car and uh Buchik have got that now i think yeah it's quite interesting isn't it um um you know because that because and the slovenians uh what's the name's old vlahova's old coach is over there now isn't he and so magoni magoni exactly so magoni's been working his magic with um Shlokar and obviously with with uh, yeah, they, must, they well. must be tired by now. They're probably going to be exhausted on for a couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to go and sit on the beach. Um, but yeah, I thought it was uh, yeah, really really enjoyed that women's slalom. Uh, on the men's side, I was uh, I was pretty pumped for Dave, especially after that first run. And the Norwegians, they just I think McGrath talked about it in his interview between the runs that the Norwegians really do enjoy that sort of snow and they really have it on lock, don't they? They really do. They seem to just put their skis on when it's like that and absolutely go like rockets. But McGrath talks about how he didn't, he wasn't even, you know, he was skiing within himself in that first run as well. But it's quite funny because obviously they were both injured last year and then up until mid season, they were not doing really well. I mean, I know that um, Broughton had like a, a win somewhere. Begging winging but up until that point they were like really not doing well and all of a sudden they were like boom we're here like we're gonna win any race and they well they really they really smashed it out of the park yeah the um matt Atley lee mcgrath was the only other person to win multiple slums with christopherson everything else was won by individuals so all of a sudden the consistency was there, but the Norwegians, I can't remember what the stat is, Ben, Ben Statman, the amount of Norwegian wins in slalom this year, I think it was about half of the slalom wins like were won five. by Norwegians. One by Solvag Foss, two by Christoffersen, and two by Atle McGrath, six. And Brown, 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 Brown. Yeah. So six out of ten. Was it ten slaloms? It was, wasn't it? Imagine looking around the team room and being like, you've won a race, you've won a race, you've won a race, I've won a race. <laughs> well, if you only win one, they're like, Oh, you only won one race. I won two. Yeah, that's a little niggle, isn't it? Going, that'll be and lovely. Then, who's the, the other guy in the race was uh, the other Norwegian guy. Was, it was Steen Olsen, wasn't it? He was the World Junior did. Champs going, yeah. I won some races too. They weren't World Cups, but I've won some. Yeah, but he got <laughs> that entire that entire route. Uh, and he had, a, he had a great day as well, didn't yeah. he? Salamangia. So he had a good, a good weekend. I, I don't know where they pulled, they pulled him out of the head. It's crazy. Like, it is actually crazy. They always have someone who's winning. It's and funny that they all come in. T- they all seem to come in like pairs, though, isn't it? With Kuse and Ormar, and then Svindal, Jansrud, and now Bratton and uh, McGrath, and, and maybe a trio with Steen Olsen because he's only a year younger than them. How insane is that? Some ridiculous amount of talent. And I wonder if Christopherson hangs out by himself all the time. He's got, he's got no buddy. You can see the rivalry be- between the team and him. Like I've, when when he won the Globe, obviously he was like trying to congratulate people and stuff. And they were like rather hugging each other than saying congrats to Christopherson. I do. Obviously they were fair in the end, but I, do I you tend think to think they don't like fit him. in with them. If he went back to the team now no. that there is a great tech team there, is he too old and they're like too young and cool I to hang out with old Christopherson or, or however it be? Or is it just I don't a think personality it's age. Clash? I don't think it's the age. It's like the, the mindset. Okay. Because I mean, he's, he's only 27 or 28 or something. He's yeah. six years older than McGrath. Yeah. Yeah, but it's like, you know, when live Christian Haugen was hanging around, he was hanging around those guys. Like, I don't think they had a problem with him. And he was like 35. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think it's more of like 
well, the history of all of it, I think they're not getting along too well. Fair enough. Like these, like they seem to be making kind of an attempt to put on a kind of national unity type front. Although they might not train together, they do kind of do lots of kind of congratulations and well dones. But I guess unless you're there with them, you don't really know how sincere a lot of that stuff is. Um, but it's, as well, it's good to see. Um, Manny close off the season with a bit of bit of consistency. I think is is that his most consistent season? Not Manny was he yes. second in the slalom globe and third in the GS? That's that's impressive. Mm. Especially the GS the GS stuff is impressive. Like he was he was nowhere. He's I think in an interview he said he's he thought he's never gonna ski any GS anymore because of his back. Like he has obviously a bad back and he had a bad back. And he did came. he have did he have an operation on it last year? Uh, I don't think so. But he had he some had, time. He missed some races, didn't yeah, he? And then came back. Yeah. And yeah, he's he's and certainly he, have, he missed a couple of COVID as well this year. Didn't he miss Adel, Was it Adelboden that he missed or Wengen or something that he missed from? I think he missed COVID? one race. I think. Yeah. Wasn't it? No, it was Schlabming, wasn't it? Was it? I Which means so. he probably missed Kitzbühel as well. Then surely. No, did he miss either Kit? No, he missed Kitzbühel, but he could do Schlabming. I think that was it. That it. Yeah. Yeah, because he. Yeah. So I mean, second in the title. And he wasn't that far behind because he was, what is he, but I'm, 80 points? I'm, I mean, people probably are gutted. They will be like, this was like the easy, if you have like a run, this was the easiest slalom title to pick up ever. I wonder, Statman, if, I wonder, Statman, Statman, calling the Statman. Um, is the, what is the, is this the lowest total point score to take the title? Quite possibly. I checked, but in the end, Christopherson won by a hundred odd points in the end, because um, he has such a good like run in. But four fifty one, he he ended up with. That's got you, that's got to be up there with the what up, up there with the down there the, with the lowest. I mean, you would you would think so. I mean, just this season, Kilda was six twenty in Super G, Kilda five thirty in five thirty in Super G. Sorry, but there weren't that many, were there? There were only, less races. Um, how many super G's were there? But speed eight guy, or something yeah. like that. Oh, there only yeah, there were only there are only seven super G's and uh <laughs> killed a girl. Uh <laughs> almost have oh, got uh more points than the slalom guys. Um and they really have ten races. Yeah, really I did the slalom season this year. We won't go too much detail, we'll save that for the review. But yeah, it's been it's been epically good. And then Popov in fourth in Salarich in fifth, wasn't he? Those two guys. That was cracking. Um, that was cracking. Those two. They were absolutely loving it in the march, finish area. Yeah, march their way up the leaderboard. You're like, hang on a minute. These guys are getting a podium here. To be honest with you, I was surprised that Popov was so far back in the standings. He was only started 26. Salarich started in front of him. I thought he'd had a better season than that. Maybe by his standards, maybe he skied out a couple of times. But the last couple of years, he's, I thought he's been being a lot more, not like, Top fives been, or anything, but I just thought he'd been be more consistent, consistent kind yeah. of top tens or so. But he probably similar to the rest of the field has had one of those seasons where just can't string the results together. So when uh he, yeah, he was kind of they were making a big deal about kind of how far up the leaderboard he was going. I was like, but he's done it before, but yeah, not quite as high as that. So it was it was awesome to see him, and especially like you were saying on commentary, I didn't to have the style of skiing he's got, which is very short bursts of power. Because he's quite a small guy, you have to really get that power all in in, in kind of the short, sharp burst. And to be doing it on that kind of snow, yeah. when the propensity for it to just disappear from underneath your feet, it, it just shows that he is, you know, he is the right level of skier to be there. And you know, we might see a, a podium out of him in the future. 
Oh yeah, I think so. Be nice. Be nice with it. Another person. Another person to get a podium. Uh, Marcel, anything to add on the slalom front? No, I'm. I'm literally just scrolling. <laughs> I'm scrolling through the fifth results in what? slalom, and I went all the way down to 1997, and I'm still. It's still the lowest of all of them. There was one year in 2011 when Ivica Kostilic won with 471 points. Anything else is above 500 points. Stealing Ben's job. Look at Ben's now scrolling furiously to try and beat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going down. I'm, I'm, 19, I'm, I'm 1990, on Facebook. Sorry. <laughs> I think um, they must have. When was like the old rules? I mean, I'm probably. Oh, I was going to say at some point you need to put that little asterisk next to it. Be like since records began yeah, no. or since these so records began or they since changed, they changed the system in bending. 1992, and that was the first year Alberto Thomas won by 820 points. Just to say that. But ever since, ever since then, it's the, the least points in slalom to win. There you go. There you go. Statman. New Statman. Statman in the West. I swear, God, you can't be Statman, Statman and, and not give me the glad. Give me the damn glad. Do, do, I, do, I do I get a pay rise to be the Statman now? Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you can now you match another, my pay. You get 100% pay rise of yours. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> uh, okay. Right. Quickly onto the GS, and then we should let these people leave. I mean, they're probably turned off already, so... Uh, Odomat took the win as he'd done basically all season long. Bratton was uh, back up there in the GS standings, looking pretty decent. And then uh, Loic Mayar picking up uh, third place on the podium. Marcel, as the GS expert and the stat man, what do you... <laughs> How dare you? I, I'm still looking at the stats. What was the question again? <laughs> Something about GS. I know, GS, yeah, well, that was, that was great fun, wasn't it? <laughs> no, that was that was great. I, you know, I've I've done that GS a lot of times, European Cups and stuff, and I always really liked it. It's like it has everything. It's like steep at the bottom. It's like a couple of rollers on the top, bit of flat on top as well. I think it's it's a lovely track, and obviously, you ski like between the trees, and like it's just lovely, lovely, really. And it looked. Well, it looked good. Obviously, the snow conditions. Well, they, they still were decent. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't like a rock solid World Cup, but it was still good. Yeah, you could see like that people were not struggling, but having a bit of a harder time. They they would have with icy conditions, I guess. But you know, you always get that. No matter where you go for a World Cup final, you have to probably go to Siberia, and, and that's just not happening right now, as we all know. Um, so to China, <laughs> yeah. Maybe China. No, but anyway, I think that was a good race. And I really, I did really enjoy the whole season in GS this year. Audemars was obviously unbelievable. He won, I don't know how many times, Statman, I guess. Um, All of them. Five, six times. <laughs> so he was, he was like obviously rolling in it. Um, well, I sent, I sent round to the, to the WhatsApp, get the kind of screenshot of his results in, in yeah. GS. And he's not, he's not missed a podium in a single race this year. Yeah, it's that is, that is unbelievable, really. But then Bratton is is getting there. Like he's he's doing really well in in slot and giant slalom as well. Obviously, Loic Mayar didn't have a great season, very like up and down. Um, so I'm glad to see him on the podium as well. And then he look, have, he's like, finished the season the way I kind yeah. of predicted him to start the season in terms of I said you know if he gets it right in the three disciplines he does, he could be there, you know, there or thereabouts at the end of the season for the overall. And like you said, he had a shocking start to the season, but the last like month or so, he's really started looking like the guy that, you know, won the world junior champs a bunch of times as well. 
yeah, yeah. but then then he, I'm, I'm really happy to see like someone coming from like uh junior world championships win like Stan Olsen and then being 10th in the first rate like that's unbelievable like that's really that just shows how good he is right yeah. and, I mean that's the sort of thing that Odomat did when he came from yeah. world, world after world juniors and then he was up into I think he even podium well no he wasn't put the podium but I think he was up in the top top five or something but uh, this is something what's really interesting about the finals is and that I, lo- I don't know how many people know that but you only get points up until the 15th place so you do have to have like a good race to pick up some it's the same with the olympics and the world championships yeah for the, for the world rankings so i mean you, ha- you have to go for it if you're like somewhere what well, kind of in the middle of nowhere and you want to really make a step up it's a good opportunity yeah. for you like patrick feuerstein he came seventh but that will help him to for the next season to really get in there um to pick up some points because if you look at the results like there are a lot of i would say like first group maybe like a bit after the first group who didn't pick up any points like ali prandini radamos winningstad schmidt kranjic feller like none of them picked up points so that's a good opportunity um they might be a bit tired they might i don't know don't want to go for it anymore um so it's a it's a very good race to do that and i know they've been going for ages what what the hell was Kilda doing racing this year? Hey, you picked up some like, points. No, but we'd said, like, obviously, Marcel, if you turned up to work last week, you would have noticed. Yeah. Um, we had a big discussion <laughs> saying, your money. saying... You'd actually he, turn up and earn your money. Yeah, well, if you'd earned that pay rise, right, you just asked for. Yeah. Uh, but we were saying last week, if he wanted to win the overall, why didn't he go to Crunch Vigora and enter those GSs at that he point? Obviously, he obviously just didn't want to win the overall. It's obviously just not part of his tactic. But no, but then, but, why, like, but then realistic... why bother skiing a GS? At that what, point? What, were, what were the chances of him winning the overall? But with Audemars being having like a lot of like a lot of races in the backhand. Yeah, yeah so, it just, so, just so, asks a question though. I do get it. I do think that if he like if he just if he's not done a GS all season. Yeah, but why he, are you doing he, the one at the finals? Because he might, he was there. He like had a lovely, lovely time, and he was like, "Well, I might as well just chug in a bit of GS racing in the last race." I totally understand that, and I'm, I'm pretty sure he will come back next year. I think he'll be doing GSK next year. I mean, he had like the best time in second round anyway. So, I, obviously, he started first, I think, but he, he had a great, lovely run. Oh but yeah, could, I'm not doubting but you his could, ability at GS. He's brilliant. But you at could it. see, I, I know why he didn't turn up because you could see in his skiing that he was not training that much GS. Like he was even further behind than he usually is. Like he he loves a bit of being on the backseat, but he was very much on the backseat. And I don't think for him, like it was more important to win those two. Or well, he had the Super G one already, but winning the downhill globe was definitely more important than trying to I don't know pick up five points in Kranskagora and potentially injuring yourself. Like, I, I do think that was more important this season for him after being injured last year. I know, but he just he, didn't, he didn't play ball with the script. Like, he should have gone, pushed, pushed Odomat, Hollywood ending, gone down to the wire. But no, I, I do understand. I mean, I get both sides. Like, hindsight, if he'd gone to Krenskogora and, and scraped his way into a top 10, that then just asks questions and maybe ruffles some feathers. But at the same time, if he'd gone to Kranzagora, fallen over and done himself in and then not won the downhill title, like he would have been kicking himself and the downhill title was that he was leading, whereas the overall globe was a real outside chance. But just it was just a bit of a it was just a bit of a funny one. It would I mean, he's like he's 500 points behind. Like there, there was I don't think there would have been a problem. He is now. <laughs> yeah, I know he's now. He wasn't but... two weekends ago. And you remember the back end of last year, like 
Odomat was was right there and Pantro yeah, put the but... pressure on and, and Odomat didn't quite finish. And I know, like, to be honest, I know it made sense for Kilden not to do last weekend so that he could win the, the two Globes in, in the speed events. But then I was just like, oh, why, why bother? You you know, it's not going to make that much of a difference to your start number if you come back and do GS next year. No, so he, be... he picked up 22 World Cup points. It's well, not going to make that he'll much of a starting, difference. He'll be starting off his 400 points. He'll be starting 31. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. But I think, yeah. Really, so I'm just after, like, what no, after he just had like won the photo opportunity. The, after he had won the downhill globe, because if you look at the history of the downhill globe over the last couple of years, it was like Foyts. What are the chances of winning that globe with like such huge competition from coming from everywhere? Hmm. I think he really wanted to get this nailed down because nailed down because that might be his only chance on that on that globe. I mean, yeah, really, just really then, like, then spend the rest of the week celebrating. Don't bother racing no, GS like, for no then reason. You, like, he's like. He's, he just wants to race, so he he should be going for it. I mean, well, Cortoni was... Cortoni turned up and did GS, didn't she? She started she started the GS as a four hundred pointer. She just fancied sticking on her GS skis. I don't know. Like, I maybe... think it just annoyed me that he didn't do Crunchyroll and then did do Maribel. I think that's probably what's more frustrating me. I'm like, well, you could have done this two weeks ago and made the end of the season more interesting. Um, but that that's probably more what 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 frustrated me than anything else. But it is good to see him back doing GS. I Obviously, think he got injured doing it before, year. and if he, yeah, and that might be in his mind that that's the way I'm going to win the, the 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 big globe. Um, unless you know, Pantro comes back to form. Marcel, what are you saying? What's the word? <sighs> I mean, I think I don't know if you saw his Instagram. I think his yeah. he's just not in the right mindset this year. He really was not. Um, he said he was tired from the get-go, didn't he, his Instagram, basically? The thing is, like, it's tough. I mean, there is not many people who can defend their overall title, except for Hirscher. Like, I think no except one... Except the guy did it eight years in a row. Yeah, but, like, the thing is, I, I told, I get it on one side, and then on the other one, like, well, okay, but, I mean, it, it was just not a good season for him. Like, it didn't didn't really turn out well. Um, he will be very disappointed with it, but I do think... He still has the potential to to be a winner in well at least giant slalom and potentially slalom. Well, if the if he continues the rate it did this year, maybe in slalom as well. Yeah, because you never really know what's happening. Um, but I, I do think he will not be happy with his season. Of course not. I mean, he came tenth in the overall. I mean, granted, as a defending champion, that's bad. But most other skiers, if you could tell them they get tenth in the overall, they would be like, oh my god. Exactly. And also, like, I mean, I don't think he had a win this year, which is obviously something he hadn't had in a long time. But he still came away with like three podiums. I know this is like nowhere close to what he wants, but other people would be like, they will basically pay money to be three times on the podium, you know? Yeah. It's still not bad. Yeah, like you said, when you think of how brilliant he's been the last like two or three seasons in terms of just how many wins and, and podiums he's picked up, like you said, to not have a win all season, I think that puts it in quite uh, a good perspective from yeah. a, a, an athlete of his of his calibre. Yeah. To to not have a win in the season is is alarming, and especially as it was an Olympic year as well. But like we saw with Vlahovi, put so much into winning that overall. Maybe this year should have been like a okay, I'm just going to focus on you know. Slime and GS and, and not pay attention to anything else. And uh, but you know, we're here second guessing, you know, one of the best skiers in the world. So, I mean, hopefully that the, they can take some time away and come back next year and, and be mega strong. But we, we can talk about it in the next podcast then. Yes, I think see, we... they're just checking you up in the background.
You're just like, oh yeah, we've been on for quite a while. I think, uh, yeah, I think we'll call it a day there, lads. Plenty, plenty to still discuss. We will be back for uh, one last episode before we uh, take our summer sabbaticals and uh, we'll see you next time. 